Hello, I'm Ken Root. This is AgriPulse Open Mic, brought to you by the Corn Farmers Coalition. For decades, family farmers have worked in solitude, far away from consumers, but that's about to change. The Corn Farmers Coalition wants to engage the public in a discussion to reaffirm farmers' commitment to safe, abundant, and affordable food. Through innovation, technology, and ingenuity, farmers are meeting our growing needs for food, fuel, and fiber. To learn more about how productivity and sustainability go hand in hand, go to www.cornfarmerscoalition.org. And now, AgriPulse Open Mic. This week's guest is U.S. Representative Glenn Thompson from Howard Township in the 5th District of Pennsylvania. Although he is only in his second term, Congressman Thompson chairs the Conservation, Energy, and Forestry Subcommittee of the House Agriculture Committee. Programs implemented by the USDA are under the jurisdiction of his committee and under the Budget Acts as the Congress begins discussion of the 2012 Farm Bill. He spoke with me while voting on two bills on the House floor. The program was edited to facilitate the voting process. Congressman Glenn Thompson, welcome to AgriPulse Open Mic. Do you anticipate in coming years there will be significant reductions in spending for conservation? Well, Ken, thanks Thanks for uh, being able to talk with you. It's, uh, it's an honor to be on AgriPulse. Here's what we know. Uh, that, you know, and we have been working on this bill for some time. Obviously, even in the House, we started hearings. Uh, in uh, the 111th Congress, and I have done oversight hearings and uh, in the Conservation, Energy, and Forestry Subcommittee that I chair. You know, the Senate draft, uh, obviously, and we know where that is now, thankfully, uh, because they've uh, uh, they have uh, done their gone through the uh, both the committee and the, and the floor and, and passed that out of the Senate last week. You know, they consolidated overall the number of conservation programs from 23 to 13. I suspect, uh, well, what we've been working on is very similar to that. Uh, it'll probably match up uh, closely. Uh, it really has two purposes. One is to certainly increase the delivery efficiency and, and help to reduce spending on the, on the conservation title. But we, you know, my goal is to achieve that through those efficiencies that are gained so that we can uh, really, the money that's spent, uh, we're able to, I see it as an investment, uh, the conservation dollars to be able to get out there on the farm uh, for the farmer. This is going to be necessary as we look at programs like the Grasslands Reserve Program, the Wetlands Reserve Programs that really do not have a budget baseline beyond the expiration of the current Farm Bill. And the key, I believe, is to consolidate programs without diminishing their effectiveness, even with less money. And additionally, we are considering lowering some of the acreage caps for, for the conservation programs. Congressman, there are many people who think that the Conservation Reserve is one of the greatest programs that's been done by the federal government since the Rural Electrification Administration because it has this public-private partnership where that the land is cared for by the private landowner with direct uh, payment from the public uh, with the wildlife, the water, and the uh, soil all cared for in a manner that the public feels is responsible I wonder if you could comment on your views on CRP and how it does more than just affect the person who has the contract on their land. Well, I think it certainly does. I mean, uh, it does leverage uh, uh, the, uh, the federal taxpayer investment, and that's the way I view this. We, uh, we, we have a responsibility to be good 
stewards of investing uh, the monies from the federal taxpayers. Uh, within this program, it, uh, there is a an element of a uh, private-public partnership that exists today uh, regarding the the uh, conservation reserve land. Um, it's land held by private ownership, and I, I think it, it leverages uh, those investments with uh, state dollars, with uh, nonprofits, uh, with with uh, private individuals. I represent the Pennsylvania 5th Congressional District, and I get out and I, I see these projects. And I can say that Pennsylvania is doing some very creative things at the state to, to encourage uh, um, best practices uh, under this uh, uh, private-public partnership. With the likely loss of direct payments in this bill, should conservation compliance be linked to other programs that pay farmers? I have uh, some concerns. I've heard some rumblings uh, whether now that we should, with the loss of direct payments, whether we should link, uh, you know, conservation compliance to uh, the, the the existing programs, and I, you know, I don't think so. I I don't believe that's uh, uh, the right thing to do. To tell you the truth. Do you then think farmers will keep land in conservation practices without incentives from the government? Can I think that's going? It's we're going to see a mix of results with that. Obviously, some farmers. You know, who've already converted their acres into conservation may may keep them there. Well, but I, I suspect that others will take them out of conservation uh, without the incentive. I, I think it is critical that we continue to give farmers and ranchers the opportunity to participate in voluntary conservation programs. Some, without a doubt, will will need financial assistance in order to comply with new rules and regulations. Um, dealing with regulations such as uh, well, the EPA's Chesapeake Bay Total Maximum Daily Load (TMDLs) which is a tremendous burden that's placed upon our agriculture uh, community within uh, my congressional district and obviously the eastern states where the Chesapeake Bay watershed is located. Um, you know, that's being forced on my region, and I think that's a perfect example of an unfunded mandate on farmers. If you'd call that regulatory action, do you think that and other regulatory action will be enforced on farmers? in the future, no matter whether or not there are incentives left? Well, I think, uh, I think it's our job, uh, those of us who are involved in, from a federal perspective, to, to really look at what regulations are imposed. Uh, both those, and we have two types today. We have regulations that are imposed that, that were codified under the acts of past Congresses, but we also have what I believe is out of control, and that is the EPA, the administrative branch, that is... Uh, uh, generating through ro- the rulemaking process uh, regulations that are just out of out of control and not paying attention to uh, uh, really that our farmers are the, orig- the original environmentalists. Uh, I am so proud of our local watersheds uh, and, and how our farmers exercise, uh, uh, operate their farms. Uh, the things that they do, not just are mandatory but voluntary, uh, has been. Uh, outstanding. You know, there's uh, a certain amount of uh, regulation that 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 um, is, is necessary, but it should be the minimal amount, and we have well exceeded that minimal amount of regulations to ensure clean air and, and clean water. Let's talk about the uh, consolidated animal feeding operations in the Midwest right now that the EPA is uh, flying over with manned aircraft uh, taking pictures and taking pictures of more than just the feedlots. Is that something you're talking about that is this EPA uh, out of control? 
Uh, that's exactly what I'm talking about, Ken. That is, gov- that is government outreach at its worst. Uh, I'm adamantly opposed to providing the EPA the funds to even do that and have signed on to a piece of legislation to restrict them from uh, utilizing that kind of a, a, a flyover monitoring of our, of our farms, our agriculture, uh, to, to enforce either that regulation or, or similar types of regulations. Do you see that um, government itself, the EPA uh, and uh, the USDA, are going to shrink in the coming year? And could that in itself change the ability of government to have the level of regulation or programs that it has today? Well, I I think it has to. Uh, When we are $16 trillion in debt, uh, and that is a legacy that no American wants, no, no, no one of our generation wants to pass along uh, to the next generations, and uh, and as a result of that, we uh, I think we're going to be challenged to number one. Let's look at what government really should be doing. Let's begin to peel that layer of regulations away. It's uh, you know, regulations uh, are created and, and never go away. They're like an onion, layer after layer after layer. And it, it's time that we do the right thing by looking at uh, finding those regulations that are that are. Uh, they're absolutely not necessary. They're ineffective. Uh, that, or frankly, they're, they're they're excessive beyond what uh, what the federal government's scope of responsibility is. And we need to begin to peel those away. And as a result, I, I think we're going to need. When you do that, you need fewer people to implement them. So I, uh, in terms of uh, uh, regular regulation, oversight, implementation, policing, uh, I, I think the the days in the, in the future we 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 can expect. A, a, hopefully what will be a smaller, leaner, and more effective uh, EPA and Forest Service. Congressman, I wonder if I could ask you a two-part question. The first one is, how much experience have you had in farm legislation, time-wise, and bills? And secondly, how you think that this House Farm Bill is going to play out? Uh, this is my second term, Ken, in serving in uh, the United States Congress. Uh, I've been on the Agriculture Committee since day one, uh, that was what my, my first pick, and I'm very proud to, to serve on the Agriculture Committee. So this is my first farm bill. Uh, obviously, I've spent quite a bit of time going through the, uh, uh, the 2008 farm bill uh, and looking at um, all aspects, all titles of that, to see of what the implications, what was effective, what was ineffective, uh, what could be have greater efficiency. And that was the basis that I used in chairing my subcommittee Conservation, Energy, Forestry, Watersheds, uh, as we prepare for the 2012 Farm Bill. Now, what does the future hold for the House Farm Bill? Uh, I have to tell you, we were very pleased to see the Senate actually take action. There hasn't been much leadership in action out of the U.S. Senate uh, this past year and a half. And so uh, I was very pleased to see them uh, move this uh bill out of committee and also uh, off the floor last week. And, and, and I know uh, we've been working on the Farm Bill for, well, going back to the 111th Congress with the hearings that we had all over the country. And so we're in the process of writing our bill. Uh, I am anxious for it to get to the floor. Uh, that uh, looks like uh, will be occurring sometime, uh, hopefully the week after the 4th of July. Now, there's some questions that we don't want to compete the same week where the ag appropriations occurs because there's a lot of the same players that want to weigh in and be an active part of the floor debate for House ag appropriations and the, and the, and the House farm bill. 
Uh, so, but um, I'm anticipating, and I think this is our goal as a as a full committee, uh, that we we get this through the House uh, in July, uh, so that we can appoint conferees and we can start the serious work of working in conference and achieve in September uh, to get to uh, through the conference committee. Uh, uh, reconciling both the, the Senate version with the House version. Well, you are a sophomore in some terminology. Do these freshmen scare you with the large number of them who are so idealistic and have such a limited amount of experience? Well, uh, limited experience legislatively, but I have to tell you I'm very impressed with our freshmen in terms of their experience with the agriculture industry. Many of them are farmers, are ranchers, uh, they they all have uh, bring a lot of uh, I think just uh, bring a lot to this process. So um, I'm I'm very pleased that we have uh, uh, the group of individuals that we did. I know, I know the individuals that serve on my subcommittee. I am very impressed with. They have been uh, done a, a great job at the hearings of bringing their own personal experience, but also bringing out uh, great. Uh, points of view and information when we get involved with uh, questioning the, the witnesses that we've uh, that have come in to testify. Representative Glenn Thompson, thank you very much for being with us on AgriPulse Open Mic. We do appreciate it. My pleasure, Ken. Thank you so much. AgriPulse Open Mic is brought to you by the Corn Farmers Coalition. Thanks for listening. I'm Ken Root.